welcome to the Senior One Care Conversations podcast, where communication leads to knowledge, and knowledge allows us an opportunity to be our best self. I am your host, Kyle Bossing, and I'm the president and co-founder of Senior One Care. I would like to thank you for joining our show today. Now, today is a bittersweet episode as we conclude our three-part discussion with Carl Bossing as he goes through his final two attributes in what makes an exceptional leader. It's been a pleasure discussing these attributes over the past couple of months with my father, and I'm excited we were able to record these episodes for those who may have missed the podcast or for those who may need their glasses filled with leadership inspiration. Whatever the case may be, it's been such an amazing experience creating this content with one of my all-time favorite leaders, my father, Carl Bossing. So with that segue, I would like to take this opportunity to welcome my father, Carl Bossing, back to the program for the final time. And Carl, as I mentioned, it's been a privilege speaking with you over the past couple of months, and I'm glad we're able to connect again, and this time in person. So welcome back to the program. Well, thank you, uh, Kyle. I uh, look forward to uh, going through the last two attributes of leadership. We've discussed four of them in the prior two episodes, so uh, I'm excited. And as we did during our last episode, I feel before we get into the final two attributes of what makes a successful leader, how about we rewind the tape, so to speak, and provide our listeners with a brief recap regarding what we have learned up to this point. So would you do me the honor of bringing our audience up to speed with what we have discussed thus far? Well, thank you. Uh, yes, basically, uh, Kyle, these attributes were the result of some work I'd done in my prior career before we started Senior One Care, and that was being a, uh, a CPA and a leader at Crow, the CPA firm. And I had responsibility of selecting people for our leadership development program. People always ask me, well, what are you looking for in leaders? So um, actually, when I retired, I never had written these down, but I spent some time to write them down, and I came up with six. And uh, the four that we have talked about thus far in the prior two podcasts, uh, number one was integrity. That's the foundation of leadership. If a leader does not have integrity, they're not going to be a leader. They can have the other five attributes, but integrity is the foundation. It's the linchpin. And uh, I defined it as um, always doing what's right so that others will want to follow and emulate you. Uh, so again, if you don't have that one, you're not going to be a leader. Two was continuous improvement. Basically, uh, promoting meaningful change uh, and innovation for the organization's competitive advantage, but also aspiring for personal improvement uh, and uh, the effectiveness that if I if I can personally improve myself, I can also benefit uh, you know the organization. The third one was strategic vision, and that's one that many times separates managers from leaders. And it's a difficult one to define because I, I look at it as being an avid learner who can sort through ambiguity uh, with a degree of confidence to visualize a picture of the future that promotes opportunity and positive change for the organization. And again, a lot of people say, well, I don't have strategic vision, but I many times referred to as connecting the dots where you read an article, you listen to something, you might listen to a podcast, um, 
you uh, talk to someone and you say, hey, if I connect all these dots, here's something that uh, I can see the future may be a benefit to the organization. So strategic vision is very important. And then uh, the fourth one was communication. Once you have the vision, how can you communicate uh, to an audience and understand the needs of the audience, uh, be a, uh, a, a, a good listener, have a passion for listening, and uh, basically being uh, genuine in your communication with others. So those are the four we've talked about in the past. Well, thank you. Thank you for bringing everybody up to speed. So let's go ahead and close the books on your top six leadership attributes. So without further ado, what is number five on your list? I've defined number five as team building. And that is the ability to select the right people to be on the team and appropriately aligning their seat on the bus, so to speak, so that you're playing in the role that is most beneficial for the organization as well as for their development. It doesn't mean their seat on the bus is always going to be that seat. We hope that they will continue to grow uh, and improve with uh, continuous improvement, but you have to have the right people in the organization uh, and the right people in your senior leadership team. If you don't, you probably get better people or different people. I think also with team building, there has to be a leader really has to be able to motivate and influence people to, to lead versus trying to control them. You want to give them a lot of free reign and you want to uh, make certain that they have all the tools and the input from you in order to personally grow and lead lead their part of the effort. Another part of team building is being open yourself as a leader. And I've always had the, the philosophy of being confident enough to seek input from other people. And I remember sometimes at Crow where people would always call it, if we had a meeting, we get in the car, we always, always call it windshield time with Carl Blossing because we always critique what we did. And I'd always ask, what do you think I could have done better? And I, I really got some fantastic input from some very young people uh, that didn't have the experience I had. But I learned from it. So I think being open to the team and asking for their input about uh, my performance and what I could do better uh, is is good. Another thing, I, I think many times that people in leadership roles want everything to run smoothly and they don't want to have any conflict. And actually, conflict is good. Uh, dissent is good. Making certain that people feel uh, who are on the team that they can bring up issues that uh, they might uh, dissent from a, a common opinion, and it might cause conflict. And I remember back in my crow days, there were many times we were in meetings where it was a knockdown drag on. I didn't necessarily agree with everything, but when we walked out of the room, we all were in, in locked arms and we were in agreement with whatever the decision was. But bringing up those differing views, I think, is very important in terms of team building. And then I think lastly um, is being a role model for your team so that the, the, the members of the team, you know, they want to follow you and they also want to remain in the organization because they feel that they're learning and growing and uh, receiving good input, basically, from, from your leadership skills. So a lot of issues regarding 
teamwork and and but it all ties to some of these others in terms of contingent improvement, communication abilities, a strategic vision, and and of course the foundation of integrity. They all tie together. But team building, having the right people on a team, and motivating them is is really key. I think that's that's those are really good pieces of of information. And you know, just as you were talking, I was thinking about you know conflict, and I think a lot of companies uh, are conflict averse and they almost feel as if they're in a meeting or they're having a discussion with someone who doesn't necessarily share the same viewpoint. They view conflict as, well, that's not necessarily good for the organization when in fact, you know, healthy conflict can be good and it's good for the organization to have differing opinions and you don't necessarily want everyone thinking the exact same way. So someone's going to have to raise their voice and, um, you know, offer their opinion versus just going in line with what everybody else is saying. And so I think, you know, that would be very, very important uh, in terms of in terms of leadership. And then another one that you, you touched upon was the ability to motivate and not controlling uh, the team. And I think that might get into you know, a little bit of micromanaging. I, I know we, we hear that from time to time, but what, I guess, what are the differences in, in your opinion of, you know, that concept of managing uh, versus leading, you know, management versus leadership. You, you, you hear a lot about it. You see different things about it, but is there a big difference between those two words? Well, yes. Uh, and I, I think it, you touched upon it in terms of the controlling aspect, because if you think about managers, uh, what they're trying to achieve is, is adherence to a plan and uh, achieve some, some goals and, and some things that have been set out before them. But the, the leading, the, the leadership part, uh, gets into, to trying to work with people and motivate people to, um, follow a, a vision maybe that's ever changing. It's not going to be constant and there's always going to be change, but we're trying to get people to grow and to learn uh, to also achieve results. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to control them as much as I probably was a manager controlling a department that I want to achieve something. I'm, I'm looking more at the leadership of trying to develop people so that they can achieve their absolute uh, maximum potential. And to do that, you can't control. You got to give them free reign to say, and, and advice and input uh, within some boundaries, but give them a lot of free reign in terms of uh, what they want to do, how they want to do it. Because frankly, not everything that your team is going to do is going to work. But those people who are taking the initiative to do something uh, that they think might be good, even if it doesn't work, is a great learning experience. And they'll learn from it, and the next time they're going to be a lot better in terms of the things that they want to do and the decisions versus saying, no, I'm going to control it. This is what you're going to do. Uh, we're not going to deviate and so forth. You're not going to build people that way. And leaders build people. That's great. Good stuff there. All right, well, here we go. We have come to the final attribute on your list, and if I had a cool – drum roll noise i'd play it right now but since this podcast is on a budget with no sponsorships uh we're gonna have to do without any sound effects so carl after three episodes what is your last leadership attribute the last of the six is committed to results 
that leaders will walk through a wall to get results. And doing it, doing it ethically and honestly, but they're going to get results. And they have a personal drive and a persistence and a passion for achievement. They want to achieve things personally, but they also want to achieve things for the organization. And they're, they're decisive to act in order to achieve those results without direction or uh, without seeking approval from others. Oh, am I doing the right thing? Should I be doing this, doing that? They, they're going to they're gonna act. And they know by, by acting, the chances of getting results is, is a lot better than waiting for, waiting for approval. They're going to take risk to get those results because you're not going to get results without taking risk and making certain decisions. And they have no fear of failure. You know, if I look at my life and my career, there's a lot of things that didn't go right, but I never, I never have looked at it as I failed in anything that, <laughs> yeah, I could have done things better, but I haven't failed. So I'm not worried about failing by making a decision to achieve results. And if it doesn't work out, I just chalk it up as a learning experience, not as a, as a failure. I think another important thing about the results is to establish stretch goals. Don't, don't set a goal that's a slam dunk. Set a goal that's, you know, kind of a pie in the sky goal that, you know, maybe has to stretch you uh, to, you know, to improve and, and to reach it. And I remember a story I had back at Crow. When I was on the management committee. We, I was there 40, 40 years at Crow, and we had a compounded growth rate uh, in revenue over those 40 years of 17% every year. And that was our bogey. Well, I put together a budget. We wanted to go at 17% a year. And we achieved that over 40 years. Because when I started at Crow, we had like 20 people, and I think they had 3,000 probably plus when I left. But the interesting thing, I go to the management group. We had one, I remember one partner who was really in a growth office, a growth environment. And he, he was growing 20, 25% a year. But he'd come in to the present the budget, and it was only like 3% growth. Because I had all these issues and all these problems. I lost this account and that account. And we'd encourage him, you know, hey, you got to grow. You got to get a budget better than that. And he might come in at 9 or 10%. At the end of the year, he grew 25% again. And I remember talking to him when he retired. I called him and congratulated him. And he's, he told me something I thought was really interesting. He said, you know, the most satisfying thing that I've, I've had in my career is I spent 22 years as a managing partner in this office. And I never missed budget. And I thought, you know, but if you would have set the budget at 20 or 25 percent, you'd have been a lot higher. So I think, you know, setting stretch goals is, is so important that versus just saying, oh, this is easy and I can I'll make certain that I achieve the, uh, the budget. And then I think the other thing about commitment to results is you're not always going to achieve the result. And if, if you don't achieve those results, you always have to remain positive in the face of adversity to the members of your team and the members of the organization. Because there's always, there's always a, a tomorrow. And you can say, hey, we didn't do it today, but we're going to do it tomorrow. And I think people, they want the positivity. They don't, want, they don't want negativity. And I think being optimistic and making the changes that have to be made in order to achieve the results is a part of being committed to get results. Because if you're not achieving the results, you're going to have to do something different. And you got to have enough confidence and optimism and be able to convey that through your communication uh, to others that, hey, we're going to make it happen. 
And uh, I, I just think the commitment to the results and the whole philosophy um, about the drive, personal drive and persistence to achieve results is, is key in leadership. And, and just like you said, I mean, all of those tie in together as, you know, that, that commitment uh, to the results. And, you know, just like you're, you're telling the story about the, the stretch goals. I mean, I think there's a lot of us out there that were afraid to put a goal out there that might be just a little bit out of reach because of that fear of failure. You know, if we reached the end of the year and we didn't hit that goal, then how is that reflected on my leadership or how will the team view that leader if we didn't hit the goal? Because it's a lot more fun to say, hey, we hit the goal. Let's celebrate and let's go, you know, hit a goal next year. But I think there is that that fear of of failure from from those in the uh, in the organization. But as you said, I mean, it's if you if you reach really, really high and maybe you don't attain what that goal is, it's still more than likely going to be higher than the goal that you were going to to set that was going to be safer. Right. And I think that's where you, you, you got to kind of look at that and, and see it that way. And, you know, and I, and I think that's the, the, the really the crazy thing with leadership and just kind of going through these attributes over the last, you know, three episodes, you know, you can take so much away from it personally and, you know, realize there's, there's always room to improve. It gets into that continuous improvement. How can you get better? And I know just in the discussions that I've had with you, I, I write down notes and I'm, I'm thinking, well, that, that is an area that I need to get better at. And just as you're talking about this, this last attribute, you know, I know personally, um, you know, with the decisiveness, I know that's, that's an area of my leadership that I, I want to continue to improve upon. I, you know, sometimes I'm a thinker. I like to think through, uh, situations and, and make sure that I'm seeing it from all angles before I make that decision. But I think more than likely, you know, I could make that decision a lot quicker and I'm going to come to the the same result. And so there, I guess my point is, is that there's a lot of different ways that, that we can grow in our leadership. And I just think that these six leadership attributes have, have really been um, a, a great resource for myself. And I think they're a great resource for a lot of the uh, listeners and, and, and people in the audience who are, who are listening to this uh, particular podcast. You know, one thing with continuous improvement, I think we've talked about in some of these episodes is, you know, growth and, you know, where, where do you, where do you find leadership content and, you know, this type of content that we're creating, which is through a podcast, uh, there's books, there's articles. And I know we've talked about some of those, but you know, just kind of off the cuff, are there books or authors that have influenced you in your leadership uh, over the course of your career? I'm, I'm guessing there are, but I mean, are are, are there some some authors or books that that have really influenced you? Uh, yeah, I'd say uh, probably the, the most influential person relative to leadership in my career uh, was a guy by the name of Warren Bennis. And Warren Bennis has written a lot of leadership books, if you look him up. Uh, he's deceased now, but actually he came to one of our partner meetings when I was young, a young partner back in the 70s. And uh, he was doing research at that time, uh, trying to find a commonality among leaders he was interviewing, actually lived with, 
certain leaders in various uh, areas, uh, and he, they weren't all in business. There was some business. They were in the arts. I remember Pavarotti was one of the people he, he talked about. He had military leaders, and he was trying to find common characteristics of leaders. And uh, it was fascinating to me uh, to listen to him. And as a result, he, and he was writing the first book. That's what he was trying to get this information uh, of commonality among what traits were common among these leaders. And uh, I was fascinated by it. So I read virtually every book he ever put out. A lot of them had the same uh, theories and, and, and some of the same uh, content. But he definitely was uh, recognized as a, as a leader uh, and an author uh, in, in terms of, of leadership. And he, he, he had the most impact on, on my career and my life uh, in leadership. Well, there you have it, guys. If you want to continue to grow in your leadership, look up Warren uh, Bennis, and you'll find a lot of good books and articles, and uh, that'll help you on your leadership journey. So thank you for, for sharing that. Well, my friends, that marks the conclusion of the last episode in our three-part series as we discussed the top six leadership attributes developed by our guest, Carl Bossing. Uh, this has been a lot of fun, and I hope our listeners have found the content to be beneficial and helpful as they continue on in their leadership journey. Uh, once again, a special thanks to our guest, Carl Bossing, as he took the time out of his busy schedule to sit down and have a conversation with me. And I feel the inaugural season of the Senior One Care Conversations podcast is off to a great start. And Carl, you played a big role in helping to make that happen. So thank you. Uh, please be on the lookout for future episodes on Senior One Care's social platforms. And if you found the episodes helpful, please feel free to share the content within your own social network. And with that, I would like to thank each of you for taking time to listen to this month's conversation. I look forward to having another conversation with you all again real soon. Bye now. Bye now.